for watching today. I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We love to stand with you in prayer. Today, we're starting a new series on faith. Pastor is going to be answering the age-old question, what is faith? Let's find out. Romans 10, verse 17, I want to talk to you about faith for a few moments. Now, I really want you to open up your heart today. Right? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, that little phrase, Word of God, in the Greek is just one word. It's the word rhema. Right? Now, in the, in the New Testament, which was written in Koine Greek, there's two different words that are translated Word of God. One is logos, and it refers to the entire Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. and I mean, everything. All the Bible is the Logos. But the rhema is the word that you receive revelation about. Right? In other, how many of you have ever had this? You're, you're reading your Bible, and it may be something you've read like 50 times before. And all of a sudden, you're like, ha! Who put that in there? I mean, just something just jumps off that page, and it becomes alive on the inside of you, all right? That's the rhema. That's the rhema, all right? And that's when faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. And, and I like to say this, faith comes by hearing and hearing, all right? It's not what you heard one time. Right? Somebody said, well, I heard that sermon before. Well, it's going to do you just as much good the next time. Because it doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. Now, now, I, I love tenderloins. Anybody with me? All right. I had one last week. I'm going to have one again this week. Right. Just because I had it last time doesn't mean I don't want it again. All right? And, and really what the Bible is, is it is faith food. Right? It is food for your faith. Your faith will not grow without the Word of God. In fact, Peter said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Your faith grows spiritually. You grow spiritually through the Word of God. And we can even say it this way. There's never an increase in faith without an increase in revelation. It's when you get something revealed to you new, something that's revealed at a deeper level, that causes your faith to grow. Right? So we need the Word of God. Uh, Jean, my, my, my wife, Jeannie, is, has family in Kansas, near Fort Scott, Kansas. And in that particular area, they used to do a lot of coal mining. And they did what back then what they called strip mines. And they would go in and they would take that coal out of the ground and they would leave a pit. Right? It might be a quarter mile long and two, three hundred yards across. And all those pits filled with water. And they all filled with bass and big catfish. Right? So we're down visiting, and there's, a, there's this big pit about, it's not even a mile from, from Jeannie's sister's house. So I grab my fishing pole, and I go down. I'm sitting on that bank, and I'm fishing. And, and, and a guy comes over, just a few minutes, I'm there. A guy comes over and kind of plops down next to me, and I start talking to him about the Lord and about the Bible. And, and he says, well, this... This is my Bible. He says, the outdoors. He said, this is how I, I know about God. Now, I want you to listen. Romans chapter 1 says, you can know 
there is a God by nature. In fact, how can you even look at the human eye or, or human reproduction and DNA and not realize there is a God, right? But you can't know him through nature. You can know he is, but you cannot get to know him through nature. That's why God gave us a revelation of himself in his word, right? In 2 Timothy 3, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it's God-breathed. And it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Uh, That's kind of old English. So so I've got the Message Bible. I like what it says. It says every part of Scripture is God-breathed. It is useful in one way or another, showing us truth. Now, how many know we live in a society that does not even believe there is truth, right? But the Bible's going to show you what truth is, exposes our rebellion, corrects our mistakes. In other words, literally what happens is when you read the Bible, you're getting read. The Bible's reading you. It's correcting you. It's exposing things. It's showing, in fact, it says, training us to live God's way, right? Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. So we need revelation from the word. Now, as Jesus is talking to his disciples about faith in Mark chapter 11, he said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not in a person but in God. In in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author or the beginner and the finisher of your faith. So who are we supposed to look to? Jesus. Who are we supposed to have faith in? God. Now, I tell you that to say this. What often happens is people get their confidence in their faith and they're looking not at God but they're looking at people now someone told me just uh, in the last two weeks a few weeks ago we kind of had a panel up here and we were talking about marriage Uh, this guy sent a link to that to a friend who hadn't been in church for 35 years right something happened in church they got mad they left right he saw that link God touched his heart. He sent the link to his daughter. I don't think it ever been in church. All right? God used that to touch their life. But here's, here's what I want you to see. Because of something that happened, they get mad at God or disappointed in people. How I many know people can disappoint you? That's why I always say have dead heroes. Because dead people can't make any mistakes, right? right? But, but I don't care who you're talking about. Right? Whether it's Billy Graham or Joyce Myers or if it's a Jimmy or a Mark or a John or, or a Paul, whoever it is, or a Dwayne, we all have stinky feet. Any person can mess up. Right? You can be disappointed if you look at people. Now, years ago, we were, we were still over on 44th Street in that pole barn, that green pole barn. And uh, the, there was a couple that would always sit 
over in this section over here, about eight, nine rows back, a man, his wife, and two daughters. Girls were probably 15, 17 years old, something like that. And uh, I noticed that for several weeks, they weren't there. Now, you think I don't know if you show up? I know where you sit. I know right where you sit. You sit the same place every week, right? And, and so I, after several weeks, I said to my, my, one of the guys on staff, I said, you, you know, I said, you've known them for years and you live over by them. I said, why don't you stop by and find out what happened? Now, this was in the early, early mid-80s, right? And uh, this was when an evangelist by the name of Jimmy had a moral failure. And this is what he, the, the man said to the pastor I sent over. He said, uh, I, I used to watch him on television all the time. He said, and if he can't live for God, nobody can live for God. He says, and I will never go to church again a day in my life. Over 30 years have passed. And he has stayed true to his word. Because any person can blow it. But Jesus will never blow it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. I love what one translation says, look how he went through all of his problems. All the things that he went through. And this is study it. Study it. If you, if you will look to Jesus, you will come through. Right? Now, I, I want to talk about one of the, the instances where Jesus talks about faith. In Matthew chapter 17, in the 14th verse, he says, he has just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he had come down to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down and saying to him, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to the mountain, Be removed from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. First, when the man brings his son to Jesus, Jesus says, O faithless and perverse generation. Faithless and perverse. Now, when Jesus said faithless, what he's saying is this. He's saying, you are not connected enough to God. See, where faith comes is it comes from revelation from God. He's saying, you're not connected enough to God. But when he said perverse generation... What he's saying is you're too connected to this world. You're too connected to the world. In Psalms 119, verse 125, it says, My soul clings to the dust. How many of you know the stuff of this world, it gets in your mind and it clings? You're trying to get rid of it and it's trying to pull, it's pulling on you, constantly pulling on your soul. Right? And in a... It's your soul that gets you in trouble, right? The dust, the junk of this world, it clings to your soul, right? So what you've got to do is you've got to get that junk off your soul. Get it off your soul. So David said, give me life according to your word. Here's how I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to explain it, right? 
When God created Adam and Eve, God created them in three parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says you are spirit, soul, and body. Now, your spirit is the part of you that contacts the spiritual world. Your soul is the part of you that contacts the mental world. And your body is the part of you that contacts the physical world. Right? Now, Jesus said in John 4, God is a spirit. Now, the Bible says you're a spirit, and it says God's a spirit. Now, you're not God. You never will be. All right? don't, don't make any mistakes. But you're the same type of a being. In the book of Psalms and Hebrews, it says that God makes his angels spirits. Angels are spirits. Right? So does an angel retire when he's 300,000 years old? No, because angels don't get old. Right? In fact, as a young Christian, I thought I could help God. Has anybody ever thought, God, you're really lucky to have me. I've got an idea for you. I thought, God, you should just kill the devil. Just kill him. Invite all the demons at the funeral. Kill them. We can just start the kingdom in the morning. Right? But here's the problem. The devil is a fallen angel, and angels can't die. That's why the Bible says God has reserved them in everlasting chains of darkness. Right? But they can't die. And you're a spirit, so you can't die. Your body will wear out, and it will die. I'm 65. When I was 16, I could run 10 miles and not even know it. Not so anymore. <laughs> you say, what's happening? The outward man perishes. The outward man gets old. Now, here's the crazy thing. I'm 65, but I still think I'm 16 inside. You know, and everybody that's old know that. The young people look at them and think, you're old. No, 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 my body's old. I'm not old. My body is, but I'm not. All right? The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed every day. Every day. All right. So God creates Adam and Eve, and the spirit is supposed to dominate the soul, the mind, and the body. But when Adam and Eve sin, it's like they did this flip, and the body and the soul begin to dominate the spirit. Right? In fact, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about carnal Christians. It literally means a Christian whose body dominates their life instead of your spirit dominating your life. Right? Your body says... Let's have a Coke, and you go have one. Your body said, let's do this. You do it. Your body says, I want that, and you give it to it. You just, your body runs your life, right? And when that happens, your spirit just gets weaker and weaker, and it's in this place where it's being dominated. Now, notice Jesus, when he's talking about faith, he said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So let me just talk to you just a second about the fasting, right? Now, that is not quick food. Fasting is like no food or a period of time where it's just certain food. Daniel, the Bible says, for 21 days, it says he ate no meat, no pleasant bread, no sugar, and drank only water. Just ate vegetables and lagoons for 21 days. Right? It's sometimes referred to as a Daniel fast. But what happens when you're fasting is you're saying no to your body. Now, every morning that I'm in Grand Rapids, I go for a latte. Right? A wonderful latte. Right? 
Now, there's, 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 that's one. We have another picture of one of those lattes I, I get every morning. Now, it's got to have an art. It's got to have a little maple syrup in it, you know. I mean, oh, they are so good, all right? In fact, I get up and my body's going, latte. Right? It's like, got to have it, got to have it. But you know what? When I'm fasting, you know what I say to my body? I say, no. You know what my body does? It says, shut up. It's like, we are going. And I'm like, no. And it says, yes. And I say, no. Right? You know what's going? You know what's happening? The spirit and the flesh are having a little fight. And you know what my body says when I say we're not going to have a latte and we're not going to have breakfast either? You know what it says? It says, you will die. <laughs> By noon, you will be dead. All right? And my spirit says to my flesh, shut up. Because we're going to read the Bible and we're going to pray and no latte. <laughs> and here, listen, it's a little thing, but you know what happens? Your spirit just starts to rise up. It takes some dominion over your body, over your mind. And what happens is you start to hear God better. Right? Now, God hasn't moved, and he's not speaking to you because you're punishing yourself. Right? But you're hearing what he's been saying all along because your spirit is beginning to rise up. Right? And again, there's no increase in faith without an increase in revelation. And that revelation comes when you hear God. Faith comes by hearing. It comes by hearing, right? And hearing by. So, again, just because you had a steak last week doesn't mean you don't want one the next. And because you've heard something before, it's still spiritual food for your inner man, right? Now, the greatest thing that you can do is to pass your faith to others, and especially your children. In Timothy, Paul is speaking to Timothy, and, and he, said, he said, the faith that's in you was first in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. So right there, you see three generations, and that faith is passed on. And I don't know if you realize this, but in Malachi, the second chapter, it says the purpose of marriage is to produce godly seed. Not just to have kids, all right, but to pass your faith to those children, all right? And what, what we see happen so often is parents, they just want to be the best parents they can possibly be, all right? But unfortunately, what we so often do is we're using the world's standard on what makes the best parent. And we say, well, the best parent is the one all the kids want to go to their house, right? All the kids want to be at their house, all right? And your kids are involved in everything, all right? They're doing hockey, and they're doing football, and they're doing baseball, and they're in the, they're in the choir, and, and they're, they're in the band, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And you've got your kids doing all sorts of things. And on Sunday morning, you're at the hockey game. You're at the football game. You know, 15 years ago, you drive to church and you go by that, you go by that park and there was nobody there. But that's not the same anymore. You go by there today, it's loaded. It's loaded, 
all right? And we think what makes us the best parent is having our kids involved in everything. But what Jesus said is still as true today as it ever was when he says, there's only one thing that's needful. See, from a kingdom perspective, the best parents are the parents that have their kids in church. They're the parents, listen, that live the Word of God. Where Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right? It's seeking first the kingdom. Right? But it's, it's not making sure your kids are involved in all the activities. It's making sure they're involved in the right activities. Right? Because when you're skipping church to go to sports, you're telling them sports are more important than the kingdom of God. Right? Your, your kids don't need to be involved in everything, right? When you say youth sports are more important than church, than the kingdom, than faith, I'll tell you what will happen. The faith value will be lost. It will be lost, right? Uh, Jeannie said this a few years ago when we were talking about this. She says, the compromises we make as parents today will be your children's norms. Your compromises will be their norms, right? Now, as you look at your Bible, all through the New Testament, it talks about faith. In fact, there is an entire chapter that's dedicated to the subject of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And when God takes so much time to emphasize something, it's because he wants to get a point across to us, right? Now, in that chapter, of course, as, as the Bible was originally written, no paragraphs, periods, no chapters. And so not just Hebrews 11, but I want to back up just a little bit, and I want to talk about faith in the remaining few minutes. Hebrews 10.32, but recall the former days in which after you were illumined, you endured a great struggle with suffering. So here's what it's saying. It's saying being a Christian does not mean you're going to go without conflict and that you're just going to sell through life on a flowery bed of ease. The Bible says there will be a great struggle and suffering. Got that? So you say, well, why am I going through this? Because you're supposed to. You're supposed to. You're going to deal with stuff. There's going to be business stuff and family stuff and money stuff and kids stuff and marriage stuff and stuff from the past and physical stuff and rejection, right? Faith does not mean your life will be easy. Faith means you will go through a time of struggle and suffering. Now, some people, they're just going to look down on your faith. It says, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulation, and partly while you became companion to those who were so treated. It's saying there's not going to be a whole lot of people going to cheer you on, giving you a high five. They're going to look down on you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to ridicule you. In Hebrews, it mentions reproaches and tribulations and persecutions. Right? You're, 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 there are going to be people in your family, they are going to think that you are the fa in your family tree, you are the nut. Right? They're, going to, they're, going to, they're going to like, you're crazy. You believe that? You're not, going, you're not, you're not accepting this? No, because we've got a Bible. Right? And a Bible is our standard. 2 Timothy 4.14. Paul writes, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. He was hindering what Paul was trying to do. 
It's going on in our culture today. Faith will get you through the hard times, right? They withstood ridicule, persecution, torment. The Bible says their goods were plundered and taken by the government because they were believers, all right? Now, what they were doing was this. They were looking beyond today. The Bible says, looking not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. The Bible says this about Moses. It says, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, because he restrained the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to his reward. He's part of the royal family. Anything that money, influence, could buy, he could have it. But the Bible says he chose rather to suffer with the people of God. Why? Because he looked to his reward. The Bible tells us, I think this is so great, it says, rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, anybody that told you that sin's no fun, they just did it wrong. They just didn't know what they were doing. Because the Bible said, the, the, the Bible, how I many of you believe in the Bible? It talks about the pleasure of sin. It says, but it's passing. It is short-lived. Moses could have had anything the world had to offer, but he looked to his reward. And he had an eternal perspective. And what faith will do is faith will give you an eternal perspective. Right? Not what's good today, but what's good for eternity. Not what makes me feel good, but what's right. What's right, what's wrong. Right? So that's what faith will do. Now, let me, just, let me just close with this one last thought about faith. And we'll, we'll pick up here in a couple of weeks. Right? Faith is a journey, and faith is not a moment in time. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. You can look at a person of faith at, at one moment and look, in, look at it and say, it's bad. Right? But faith is not a moment. Faith is a journey. It's a journey. Right? Shortly, Jeannie and I are going to be celebrating 43 years of marriage. And I just... And I, I have told her so many times, and I've said it again recently. I said, honey, this faith journey faith journey that we're doing together, I said, it's awesome. It's amazing. Wouldn't want to do it without you. Right? But it's not a moment. You look at Job. There was a time in Job's life, the Bible says that he lost everything, all his camels, all his donkeys, all his oxen, and then he's sick. He's got boils all over his body. He's sitting there scraping himself with broken pottery. He said, nobody even wants to get close to me. He said, I stink. I've got bad breath. His wife said, curse God and die. I mean, that's a bad day. It's a bad day. But about nine months later, the Bible says God turned the captivity of Job. And God gave him twice as many camels, twice as many oxen, twice as many uh, donkeys. But he didn't give him twice as many kids, interestingly. Because, listen, listen, 
Because when someone dies in the Lord, you didn't lose them. They just changed location. You're going to get them again. You're going to see them again. So God gave them the exact same number, and he ended up with double. All right? He ended up with double. So here's what the Bible says about this. It says, we call them blessed that endure. And you've heard about the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, how the Lord was full of pity and merciful. Your faith journey is not a picture at any one moment, right? Because faith, it's a journey. It's a life. And it's not just the life that you have now, but it is eternal life, all right? When life is tough, God's bigger. God's bigger. And when life's tough and you hold on to your faith, God will see you through. The Bible says you may fall seven times. It says, but God picks you up. It says, the righteous, they rise again, right? Do not cast off your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Thank you for being with us today. But as you've been watching today, if you realize in your heart, you know, I'm not right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be right with God. I want to be saved. I want to be what Jesus called born again. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me before we close. Or if you're watching today, but you don't know where you stand with God. The Bible says in 1 John, know that you have everlasting life. You know, we're not supposed to die and then find out if we made it to heaven. We're supposed to know today that we're forgiven, that we're right with God, that we're on our way to heaven. And if you don't know that, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with us also from your heart. Just bow your heads. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. Today I give Jesus all of my heart all of my life. I turned my back on my old life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm living for Jesus every day. He is my Lord and my King. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your kingdom on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, you are right with God. Now, it really is the first step into the kingdom of God. And we want to help you keep growing spiritually. Now, I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing, growing in your relationship with God. We want to send it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy free of charge. All the information is right there on your screen. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, What is Faith? in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the On Demand page. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith in your life. You can connect with us on Facebook or send an email to yourstory at walkingbyfaith.tv. 
Next week, we'll continue this series with a message, Living with Faith. Until then, have a great week and be blessed. Thank you.